Hey there, my name's Daniel. You're about to listen to the Saints Church Podcast, and you're about to hear a life-changing message. So sit back, grab a cup of coffee, and enjoy. Great to see you online today, Saints Church. So glad to be with you. Uh, why don't you turn your Bibles to John chapter 6. We're going to start with a story that maybe you've heard before, uh, maybe we've do- dove into a little bit before. But in John chapter 6, there's this feeding of a large crowd. And today we're going to talk about generosity and offering our lives to let God do some incredible things through us as the saints uh, when we are generous. John chapter 6 verse 5 to 12 says this, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread for all of these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. And Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that to such a huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, he gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you today that your word is alive, it's powerful, it's living, and you want to speak to our hearts about what's in your heart for your people so we can reach those around us. God, I thank you for what you're about to speak and what you're about to do in us. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Uh, I remember when my kids were little, I remember specifically one trip to Costco when my daughter was maybe just younger than three, and uh, I was trying to explain money to her. I was trying to explain how things work and why we have to not spend all the time when we go to the store or buy a new toy every time we go to the store. And I was trying to explain how in our lives, sometimes we need wisdom to know that we have to not spend all our money because we need to save money for the right things uh, because we got bills to pay. We have to be wise. We got to do all those things. So I said to her this one trip, I said, so we can't always buy a toy because uh, if we run out of money, we can't pay for the things that we need. Uh, And then she just looked at me and she said, oh, that's when we need grandma's money. And I was like, yes, that's when you need to call grandma and you need grandma's money. But I want to tell us something today. I think sometimes in our hearts, we look at the Bible, we start talking about things like generosity, about giving, about money, and it's easy for us to uh, clam up, to get a little bit uh, ruffled about these things, but it's actually a part of our calling as the saints, of who we are. It's part of the anatomy of a saint is to be generous, to flow out of the generosity of God in every area of our life. And often we've spent our whole lives trying to guard, protect, be wise, and those are not bad things, but there is also a spirit of giving generosity and life that comes from that when we are obedient to God in this area of our life. And can I just tell you something? Jesus is better than grandma. Sorry, grandma, I love you, but Jesus is better than grandma when it comes to making up the difference and carrying us through seasons of our life. And we can always turn to him and look to him when we need to trust and move forward with God in generosity. One thing that should always set us apart as the saints is our generosity. Generosity, though, it's a lifestyle. It's not only about our money, but yes, we're going to talk about money today, so don't be scared. But it's also about our time. It's about our talent. 
Uh, it's about the things that we treasure and we hold on to that sometimes if we would just give them to God or allow him to use certain areas of our life, I think the return on investment, the freedom we would find would be insurmountable. And we can be those that live open-handed, generous, changed by Jesus when we understand God's plan for generosity. See, I believe all of us want to believe that we can be generous. Sometimes we want to think we're generous. But I would argue with you that when it comes to generosity, the first step is not in just being a naturally generous person and giving out of everything. I actually believe the first step to generosity is obedience. Obedience comes before generosity. Obedience to the right things actually allows us to create margin, to be generous, to be willing to offer what we have. And obedience is the avenue out of which generosity can actually flow. And so as we talk about being the saints, being the set-apart ones, being those who are set apart by God for good works, for great things in the kingdom of God. I believe the call of the saints is to be a generous people. Generosity sets us apart. But our obedience to God in the areas of our time, our talent, our treasure, our money will determine what generosity looks like for us in different days and different seasons. And so what I want us to know is a few things before we talk about how we can respond to God in generosity. The first thing I want us to know is this today, that generosity leads us to have the peace of God. So the peace of God comes when we live at peace with God in every area of our life. The peace of God comes when we are at peace with God according to his word, according to his kingdom, according to his Ways. Romans 14, verse 17 says this, For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. I said this a few weeks ago. If we're going to be in God's kingdom, we are actually called to walk in his ways. And I don't want to scare you, but the Bible talks about money a lot. The Bible talks about how we spend our time a lot. And for all of us, I believe it's difficult for us to be generous if we first can't learn to be obedient to his word and what he wants to do in our lives. And for many of us, our lack of obedience is leading to a lack of peace. If we want peace with God, the peace of God, we need to be at peace with God in all areas of our life. There are things in the word that disrupt our peace. When the Bible says to stay away from certain things, when the Bible is leading us to walk in certain truths, we will not be at peace in those areas of our lives if we are walking contrary to the ways of God and his kingdom. And a lot of times we're living with disrupted peace, I believe, in our finances because we don't understand the kingdom of God in the area of money. Now, I'm just going to do an overview on this. Tithes, offerings, and alms are the kingdom mandate for the saints. This is what God asks of us, that there would be tithes into the storehouse, offerings over above for generosity, for the help of others, moving in different and special circumstances and offerings, and then alms. Alms are simply this. It means gifts for the poor and needy. There should always be in the heart of a saint, in the heart of God's people, a desire to be generous 
for those that have need, for those that lack. It should come out of the outflow of what God has done for us. And in our lives, I want us to understand that when we are obedient in the tithe for the storehouse, when we are obedient in being generous in offerings, when we are obedient and open in our hearts to helping those that are poor, needy, the widow, the orphan, caring for others, we can trust God to take care of us. See, a lot of times people have a distrust in their money with God because they haven't entrusted their money fully to God. We have to choose if we trust God or if we trust our bank accounts. And I'm not saying that we don't need to be wise, but what I am saying is, is that if God has laid out a pattern and a path for us, it will be a lot easier for you to trust God in the areas of provision for your finances when you give to God what he asks for. Because you can know that I have honored God in this area of my life so I can have the peace of God and know that he is walking with me, caring for me, and wants to see me keep going, move forward, and be provided for in my life life. Isaiah 32 verse 17 says this, it says, the work of righteousness will be peace. And then it says this, it says that, and the effect of righteousness, quietness and assurance forever. Righteousness, doing the right things according to the word of God, brings us peace and it brings a quietness to our soul, to our spirit, and it assures us in the promises of God when we are obedient in the things that he asks us to do. So generosity starts in obedience, and the peace of God comes when we are at peace with God in areas of our lives. The second thing I want us to know is this, is that generosity is an attitude before it is an action. It's an attitude before it's an action. There's a story of a guy named Zacchaeus in the scripture. And if you look up Luke chapter 19, verse 1 to 10, I'm not going to read the whole story, but it says Zacchaeus was a short man and he heard that Jesus was coming. He was a tax collector. The interesting thing is that Jesus uses some of the same language in Zacchaeus's life as he did with Matthew, uh, Levi, the tax collector. And he's talking about this connection of how money was a driving force, a controlling thing for them. And when God God changed their hearts. It changed the actions and outcomes and how they viewed their finances in life. And so Zacchaeus is this guy that's waiting to see Jesus, wants to encounter Jesus. Maybe in Sunday school you've heard a story where he climbs a tree trying to see Jesus. Jesus calls him out says, Zacchaeus, I want you to come down. I want to spend some time with you. And I want us to understand that generosity is an attitude before it is an action, and it will be your encounter and my encounter with Jesus that changes our hearts, our attitudes, our thinking, which can lead to actions of obedience and generosity in our life. An encounter with Jesus and how graceful he is, how merciful he is, how incredibly generous he is should actually change our heart and attitude to be generous towards others because we serve a God who gave first. So it's a privilege for us to give of our time, our talent, our treasure, so God can further his kingdom and we can walk in his ways. You see, the Bible says in Luke chapter 19 about Zacchaeus is that when Zacchaeus had this encounter with Jesus and he said, Jesus, if I've wronged anyone, 
uh, I'm going to look at my finances. I'm going to look at what I went after, what I served. Like Zacchaeus literally served money, his bank accounts. It was about getting things for himself. He says, I'm going to pay back. I'm going to give to the poor. I'm going to... And Jesus knew that when his heart, his heart had changed because his attitude towards the thing he used to serve changed, and now there was a willingness for him to offer that to be used of God to help other people. Generosity is an attitude before is an action, and we need an encounter with Jesus to change the attitudes of our heart so we can be generous in the things that we're holding on to sometimes we can be very stingy, not only in our money, but sometimes in the things that we guard and say, this is my area of life. This is what I protect. And I think if we would let God use those areas of our life, it would be incredible to see what he could do in us and through us. The third thing I want you to know today is this, is that whether you doubt or feel like what you have is useful or God would even care, I want you to know that God can use what you have. He's not looking for what you don't have. God can use what you have. Sometimes you just got to use what you have. Sometimes you run into a situation and you got to get creative. You got to use what you have. And it's amazing what we can do when we unleash creativity in our lives. And uh, being the son of a mechanic, it's interesting that a lot of times, you know, learning to use things that uh, you have laying around the acreage of the farm or different areas of life that uh, you can piece things together to make something work. But, you know, in our lives, we need to trust that whether we value something or not, that God can use what we have. And there was this comparison I was thinking about in Scripture. In Matthew 25, there's a parable of these talents where God gives 10 uh, five and one talent to three different individuals and seeing how they will steward those things. And, and the one man in the parable of the talents, he guarded, he hid what he had rather than sowing it into something new to see what could happen. And then there's a story of another widow in, in 1 Kings 17 where she gets a word from God to offer what she has and that promise of that word would be that God would be faithful to her and carry her through if she would offer what she had to God. In Matthew 25, it says this, uh, the servant who received the one bag of gold dug a hole in the ground and he hid the master's money for safekeeping. So we can hide and we can guard what we have or we can offer it. In 1 Kings 17, verse 13 to 14, says this, but Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go ahead and do what you have said. Make a little bread for me first, then when what's left over for a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. And we can look at our lives and look at what we have or don't have and compare. And we can guard and we can hide or we can say, God, I'm going to trust you with it. I'm going to trust your ways. I'm going to trust your kingdom. I'm going to trust for you to keep carrying me through if I'm honoring and being obedient in what you ask. And, and we can have a promise that God's provision for us comes through. Why? Because we are trusting God to be true to his promise. You know, in Psalm 116, verse 12, David said, what can I offer the Lord for all he's good done for me? And I think sometimes we've got to get out of that mindset and we need to switch from God what do I need to do versus, God, what can I do? What can I offer in life? Not a have to, what do I get to? What am I able to? 
And this sparks the generosity of our hearts for God to do some incredible things in the world around us. And, and I believe that generosity will actually ask us to carry some responses in our heart so we don't get stuck. One of the hardest things for us in life is that we get stuck, whether it's in money or a relationship or our time, because we think there won't be enough. We think that uh, we, we won't get through to the other side. But when we honor God with what he asks, generosity brings us to a place where we are actually freed up from being stuck in our own thinking, in our own ways, and we can lean into what God wants to do through us and in us. So generosity asks us some responses so we don't get stuck. And as we close today, I just want to challenge you in three areas. I want to challenge you that if you're going to respond to God and not get stuck or hung up on these teachings about money or generosity or your time or your talent, the first thing I'm going to ask you to do is this. Don't compare what you have or don't have with others. Don't do it. In Luke chapter 21, verse 1 to 4, uh, Jesus was in the temple and says, He watched the rich people dropping their gifts in the collection box. Then a poor widow came by and dropped in two small coins. I tell you the truth, Jesus said, This poor widow has given more than all the rest of them, for they have given a tiny part of their surplus. But she, as poor as she is, has given everything she has. Generosity is not about comparison to others. It is not about us versus others, whether they're more generous than us or we're more generous than them. Generosity is about our heart responding to Jesus with what we actually have. Don't get stuck on what you don't have. Don't get stuck on what other people are doing. Get in the place in the heart where you say, God, if I'm going to be a generous saint, I am going to be open-handed. I'm going to be willing to use what I have when you ask me. Number two, if we don't want to get stuck and we want to live freely in generosity, I'm going to challenge you, do what you can. This isn't rocket science, but we need to start doing what we can. We can always focus on what we can't do, but we can always do what we can. In Mark chapter 14, verse 3 to 8, there's a story of a woman who came and while they're having supper, she anoints Jesus' feet with this expensive oil, and everybody's mad. They're saying the money could have been used for this, the money could have been used for that, and, and you know, she didn't have the capacity to do all these great works or all these things, but it's interesting in Mark chapter 14, verse 8, it says this, Jesus says, you will always have the poor among you, and you can help them whenever you want, but you will not always have me, and it says this, she has done what she could and has anointed my body for burial ahead of time. She did what she could. And I think there's a powerful principle in this story that when we do what we can, Jesus makes it beautiful. If you and I do what we can for Jesus, he will use it. He will make it beautiful. He will uh, show us that our pouring out our love, doing what we can for him, pleases him. The parallel scripture to this, Jesus tells a story about two men that are forgiven debts, and he asks the disciples, who will, who will love the, the master more? And, and the, the disciples say, probably the one that got forgiven the most. And Jesus said, exactly. And this woman understood the grace and love of Jesus, and so she just wanted to pour out what she could. And in your life, if you want to live out of a spirit of generosity, always be looking for what you can do. It's easy to get hung up on what we can't do, but 
If we don't want to be stuck, if we want to live as generous saints, the people of God, we just need to start doing what we can and trusting that it works. If you can, you know, uh, do something small for someone, do that. If you feel called to do something great for someone, do that. But the reality is this is not about everyone else. It's about doing what we can in our personal situations where we're at in life and allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to us and being ready and available to offer ourselves to do what we can for the glory of God. The last thing I want to challenge you with is this. You know, we shouldn't compare what we have or don't have with others. We can always do what we can, but if we don't want to get stuck, if we want to live generous as believers, I think we need to be willing to surrender what we have when we know Jesus can use it. I think this is the toughest part. I think often we know that Jesus could use what we have, but our willingness to surrender it to him is just a little bit of a wrestling match we have going on in the inside of us. In the scripture we read in the beginning where Jesus is looking to feed the great multitudes, when he's looking uh, and testing the disciples about how are we going to do this, how are we going to feed them, he's testing their hearts, he's seeing what they're willing to offer. And then, you know, it says, Andrew spoke up, there's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish, but what good is that? They're like, Jesus, there is something here, but what good is that? And that's often what we face. We're like, yeah, I have this, but I don't know if I'm willing to give it because I don't know if it will mean much to people. I don't know if my time will mean a lot. I don't know if what I can give financially will mean a lot. I don't know if uh, my, my talent will mean a lot. Can I tell you this? When we are willing to offer and to surrender, God can do incredible things. The season wasn't great to ask this boy to give his lunch. I mean, 5,000 men in the wilderness plus women and children, and here you're asking a, a a 12-year-old boy, like a young boy for his lunch. I mean, a greater miracle was probably that he hadn't eaten it already, that he gave it to Jesus. He was willing to offer it up, but Jesus did something incredible through that. And it says this, it says, after everyone was full, Jesus told the disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. I think one of the most difficult struggles for us, especially when it comes to our time, talent, our treasure, the things that God's entrusted to us and parents, one of those things is going to be your kids. When God starts asking them to step into things, starts using them, you're going to be like, well, you need to do this, you need to do that. I just want to challenge parents like Hannah did in the Old Testament. This is kind of a side. Offer your kids back to God. Give him something to work with. Because when we do that, when we are willing to offer and surrender what we have because we know Jesus can do something incredible, the Bible says that nothing was wasted. The things we surrender to Jesus out of a spirit of generosity, out of, out of a heart of obedience to follow God's word, to be generous in our time, in our treasure, in our talent, in our money, in our lives, in our circumstances... We might not see a return right now, but the Bible is very clear that Jesus doesn't waste. He is not a poor steward of what we give back to him, and we can trust him in that. So I want to challenge us. Let's be the saints. Let's be generous. Let's let generosity become a heart and an attitude in us so it spills over into actions that show people that Jesus has set us apart. 
Let's carry the peace of God with us in such a way because we know we've been at peace with God and we're honoring his word in our finances, in our time, in our treasure, in all of these areas. Let's be those who walk confidently knowing that when we offer something to God, he's going to do something incredible and it's not going to go missed or wasted because God is a generous God. He loved us so much that he gave first and we can be a generous people when we continue to encounter Jesus day after day, week after week, one step at a time. He calls us to live generous lives, and he's going to do incredible things in us and through us when we surrender these areas to him. Amen? Amen. Thanks for listening to the Saints Church Podcast. Tune in next time for another great word.